uh, maybe I'll just start by saying that the, um, the thing that's kind of a little bit felt a little bit alive in my heart uh, this morning to maybe try to talk to you guys about um, uh, has to do with, um, I guess if I had to kind of like summarize it, has to do with living in such a way that leads us to uh, God's goal, um, which I think one way of expressing that is is that his goal is love. Um, uh, love has been really um, kind of in an unusual way, like on my heart, on my mind the last few weeks. And um, I, I don't know that I can or will try to um, say it's less that I feel like I can say that many things about like love itself because um, it uh, it's like a purely supernatural thing I believe um, but but more what's kind of like felt um, felt really real to me is kind of a little bit of perspective of like what what makes man capable of receiving God's love um, and ministering God's love and being like a vessel that um, that is filled with His love and able to um, yeah able to touch others with His love and able to love God with that love. Um, I think maybe maybe I'll start by just kind of reading this verse from um, I should have put a bookmark here because I always have trouble finding the T's Timothy or First Timothy. There it is. Um, it's First Timothy one five, a verse that like I don't know. We always say this. We always talk about the same verses. There's not that many verses, so maybe we should stop saying like we always say this. You know, it's okay. We say the same things over and over again. You know, but Peter sort of apologized for that. He said it's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again. He might have been feeling that same that same thing. But this verse, Timothy one five, says now the. Now the purpose, or a lot of translations say, now the goal of our instruction or the goal or the purpose of our commandment is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and from sincere faith. The, I just think that's a really powerful and uh, amazing verse the goal of the commandment, the end, the thing that God is aiming for, with all of like the teachings and the dealings, um, all of the, you could say like all the apostolic doctrine, all of the letters, all of the ministry, all of the prophesying, like what's it, what's it all for? Um, it's easy to, I think it's easy to lose sight of what it's all for. If you think about uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, which is like the chapter obviously leading right into the famous chapter on love, um, Paul is sort of dealing with this church that seemed to kind of have like in some ways like a, pro- a proliferation, uh, a bounding of like spiritual gifts and, and kind of like in a undisciplined and maybe a sort of uncontrolled way um, prophesying and speaking in tongues and... Um, those things are wonderful and good gifts from the Lord for the nourishing and the edifying of the church. Um, but 
the, there's also like a there's a danger in those things because the um, they can they can be manifest outside of the the will of God. They can sort of exalt the creature. They can uh, self can have a share in those things, and the very thing which God gave in love to be a, a, a means of edifying and building up and nourishing his own body can become kind of this weird, can become tainted by flesh and self. And, um, and Paul kind of ends that whole section and says, let me show you a more excellent way. Let me show you something with a, a deeper, um, something deeper, something underneath, something behind all of that, something for which all of that gives way to, points to and is swallowed up in. And the, the spiritual gifts... Um, the words, the prophecies, the tongues, everything will kind of like melt away and love will stand forever. Um, sorry. I was worried this was going to happen. <laughs> um, so the goal... I think all the Peter Peter talks about it, Paul talks about it, John talks a lot about it, but it's really easy to lose sight of um, it's really easy to lose sight of what God is really aiming at, you know, that this all aims towards and is going to be swallowed up in in love, which will remain when everything else passes away. It's not the you know the purpose of the commandment isn't right doctrine it isn't um i don't know there's so many other things you could you could put there but i think it's also really really um really telling that he says the the goal is love from a pure heart and that's kind of like a lot maybe a good way of expressing the whole thing that i kind of want to say today is that um, I think the Lord's kind of been dealing with me a little bit and kind of opening my eyes to this reality that um, that not only is like love um, everything, God is love, uh, John says. Um, but the only hope and the only possibility we have to to know love, to be formed by love, to minister love, to feel love, to love God, um, is if our hearts are purified. It's so simple. It's um, there's nothing like deep or complicated or intellectual about it, um, and in some ways, you could say that the um, the testimony of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation has been kind of like declaring the same thing: the the work of God of purifying um, purifying the heart. You know, I think about how Jesus said, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." You could say they shall see love too, because it's not love isn't something you can separate from God. Um, the 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 impurity of our heart, the opposite of that, the the existence of self, the life of self, the power of self. You could say the reigning, the activity, the 
Um, the filling of our vessels with self is um, is the one thing that prevents us from knowing love know, and experiencing it, um, knowing God, seeing God. And so Jesus says, like, like he often does, these incredibly simple things, um, just kind of like cuts through all of our religion, cuts through all of our activity, all of our goals, and says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And Paul says to Timothy, remember, the, this whole thing is aiming towards love. And love comes from a pure heart, love out of a pure heart. There's no such thing as, as love, um, love out of an impure heart or love. I think that the love of God can like visit and can touch and can like draw and can, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe and I'm way above my pay grade trying to describe how love works. But I mean, there's a sense in which the love of God reaches is constantly and always like reaching to everyone, um, seeking to find entrance in every creature that is able to like receive it. And that's kind of the, the nature of love is that it gives itself, that it, it desires. It doesn't, doesn't want anything for itself. It gives itself. Um, that's why there's this... Maybe, Read it from First John just briefly. First um, John four. Maybe verse uh, seven. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There's so much in there. I think that that phrase where he says, in in this the love of God was manifest, um, that the, the giving of Christ is... Like a, we didn't know love. I know we have words of love, and mankind has probably written poetry and songs about its like ideas of love for like all the centuries. But there is something else. Um, there's something else out there that is like eternal and heavenly and only of God. And of course, because we're these created limited finite beings um there needs to be like a word to 
to kind of label like Jason has talked about over the years, like this box, you know, and like, it's not the, it's not the box. It's not the thing, but we still, just because in our limitations of communication, we need a word to label this box. And so we have this word love. And I know that in Greek, there are three different words for love, which may be some of our confusion um, about some of the different types of love. But all that aside, I, I think that, um, there's this like really core reality that like we have we have no conception of love we have no it doesn't come from down here it doesn't come from the flesh it doesn't exist in the world it doesn't um it's not of man or in man and we would have no um we would have no conception of it unless it had been manifest to us and the the pure and perfect and like full manifestation of of this thing that God has put this word upon on the, the outside of the box called love um, is the giving of His Son to a world that hated Him and um, so um, so unlovable. You could say, you know, like Paul says in another place, like. While we still hated him, he died for us. Um, and there's a there's there's like a reality of love that has to do with this um, never stopping eternal desire and moving of God towards. Um, like a desire to to give and to fill and to bless um, that is only in God and only can be known by it being manifested. Um, it's not like we had love and God has some love and he showed his love. Um, like, oh, you've got love. That's cool. Let me show you my love. You know, it's not that. Um, self and... Self and sin and the world of mankind and the world of flesh and self apart from God has nothing of love. And every idea we have and every comprehension of it and every word we can put on it um, falls, doesn't just fall like a little bit short. It's just like completely unable to reach to what, um, what God's love is. And even you could be carried away with sort of like the, there's a natural understanding and the natural even like emotions, you can be sort of touched and affected and carried away even with like an emotional sense of like God's love and Jesus, this innocent man dying on the cross. And I think that can be wonderful in its place, but even that I don't think is the, it's the same thing. It's not just, we can't get it from being moved in our emotions from like a description of what what love is um, it's it is, God is love and it's his nature and we don't really know God if we don't know love and um, and there's so many like there's wrong things you can do with that and there's wrong places you can go with that and I've been I've been guilty of that and I've been part of like a Christianity that I remember I used to be on a pastoral team and we would like talk about, well, our mission statement is to like love God and love people. And we would sort of assess like, how are we doing, you know, and like, how's our worship times? And, 
And are we loving people? And maybe we need to really spin up a, I don't know, like a, a better, we'll do a homeless ministry and we'll do this one. And we kind of like have these boxes that we would check of like, are we loving people or not? You know, and are we loving our neighbor as ourself? As if, as if kind of just doing certain things, um, that seem to kind of like outwardly conform to what seems like is a description of love, like is the same thing as love, you know? Um, I think maybe a lot of us kind of have some experience with that, um, kind of the emptiness of that. And it's not like I, I don't know, I don't want to, I appreciate any sort of like sincere attempt to, um, do anything in the name of the Lord. I don't want to throw everything, throw everybody under the bus. But I just want to say that love, that 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 falls short of love. Um, it's kind of what the Lord has kind of convinced me of. And in this, the love of God was manifested. That God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. I think. You know, if you think about 1 Corinthians 13, uh, we were talking about this somewhat uh, yesterday at the men's meeting too. But it's it's beautiful and it's poetic, Paul's description of love. Um, I hope that, I I hope most of us have kind of felt over the years that it's beautiful and it's poetic and it's, it's unattainable in a certain sense. I mean, it's unattainable by like the will and the desire and the activity of man. You know, it's, it is completely attainable. That's why, or else Paul wouldn't say like the goal of everything we're doing is love. But it's not attainable just from like a description or a, um, it's not like you can, we said stuff like this over the years, it's not like you can just like wake up in the morning and read 1 Corinthians 13 and be like, okay, here's my, here's my to-do list for the day. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a description of the nature of God that is so far above and beyond um, what flesh and self and man is capable of. It's like a, it's, it's kind of like this description. You can think of mankind, lost mankind, you know, having fallen from the life and the presence and the glory of God, where he lived in paradise and subjection to the will of God. And then just countless generations kind of like passing um, in history where um, the vast majority of human beings live in the sad and broken and hurting and um, darkened state, um, completely devoid of the very thing that their souls were created for, which is God, which is love. And the ache and the pain of that and all the foolish attempts to um, address that pain and that ache and that, that sorrow and all the ways self um, self promises happiness and sin promises happiness, and just um, humanity kind of just labors along under this like 
brokenness and darkness, I mean, in and of themselves. And, and I, I think of first Corinthians 13 as like this, um, this like beam of light kind of shining down, offering to us, describing to us that which, um, was meant to be the nature that works in us and is alive in us and what we feel and what we know. And it's meant to almost be like this call from like another world, another universe. We're not meant to say like, oh yeah, I really ought to, you know, go, go do this today. I think the, the more correct sort of response to it is to say, my God, I have nothing of that in me. But also to feel that, I don't mean that in just a despairing way, but also to feel like, oh God, that is the answer to everything that's wrong in me. And everything that's wrong in all the people around me and everything that's wrong in this world. Um And that is the that is the thing that keeps the angels singing for millions and millions of years, and they never get tired, and it's not boring because there's this this other thing out there that um, there's this thing called love, which we have no conception of and no ability to reach or touch, but but we know we were made for it. And we know that a little bit of it will, I don't know, make everything else make, I, I think, I think Paul had a little bit of experience of the Lord's love. That's why he could write 1 Corinthians 13, because he had seen and felt something like beyond this world. And I think it was a little bit of a taste and a reality of that that could make him say that these light and momentary afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory. And, and Paul is a man who most people would not say that his his afflictions were light, you know. But I, I don't think that was just some like noble, um, noble courage in the humanity of Paul. Just that he's like this super tough guy or something. I, I think that like when his his heart touched a little bit of what was touching his heart when he wrote First Corinthians thirteen, he could say it's all light and momentary. Or he could write that, that passage in Romans 8 where he said, who can separate us from that love? What can man do to me? What, if they throw me in prison, they kill me? They put me on a boat and shipwreck me and send me to Rome? Like what? I felt something that nobody can, nobody can take from me. I think there's a lot of these descriptions in the, in the scripture that they're a, a little bit of like 
um, men putting into words um, with the best way they can these sort of like messages from like another world, you know, these um, these descriptions of something something so far above. And that was the goal. That was the, that was always the goal. That was always, that was what we fell from. And that was what the, the salvation of God is restoring us to. And, and I guess to kind of get into more of the, um, the thing I was saying at the beginning is that, um, What's really felt kind of real to me is that there is something that needs to take place in us to enable us to, I want to say feel what Paul felt, but it's not, it's not just like, we're not chasing just like a feeling or experience. I'm talking, when I say that, I just mean enable us to come to the goal, come to the end, come to love. There is something that needs to happen in us. Um, there's something that hap- needs to happen to us. There is a process. There is a there is a pressing and a crushing and a killing and a humbling and a weak- weakening and an emptying and a dying that is the only doorway to... Um, Uh, to to a real experience of seeing God and knowing love, and because um, I think there's a reason why it says like love, like I said, love from a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Whoever has this hope in Him purifies himself, just as He is pure. Or, or beloved, having these promises, let us. Um, let us perfect holiness in the fear of God, laying aside all that hinders us, and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let's throw all that off. Or like James says, uh, you know, laying aside all the overflow of wickedness, let us receive with meekness the implanted word. Let's, uh, the, the scriptures and the apostles seem to be like continually testifying to this and, and, and that's because I think that the thing that we're full of um, in the fall, in the in the first birth, in our natural fallen self, like we're we we talk a lot about how we're like vessels. We're um, Paul calls us jars of clay, earthen vessels, um, and. The problem with us is that we're full of something that's not God. And we're full of something that is literally the opposite of love. Um, it's not just like the opposite of love. It's like, it's like the extinguishing of love. And, you know, I, I referenced that passage, in, that famous passage in Romans that I think 
is is wonderful and beautiful, although I think sometimes man in his confusion will bring himself false comfort from it. You know, they'll just sort of quote it for ourselves. What can, what can separate me from the love of God? Well, nothing, but is, is the love of God, is it, well, you could say it like this. It's like nobody, I don't think Paul would, I'm struggling for words. There is something that can separate us from the love of God, but it's not something anybody can do to us. Nobody out there, no circumstance, no person, no anything, no devil can can separate us from the love of God, but but self can. Because self is like the 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 perfect opposite of it's like the I don't know. I was trying to describe a little bit out of what like John said about love that we don't know love until it was manifested as this like a giving of Christ, a dying of Christ for a world that hated him. The the love of God, I believe, is this like river that is giving and flowing and can never be can never fail. That's one of the things Paul says, love never fails. It can't Love doesn't seek its own. Um, it's not provoked. It, 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 it's it's like this. It's this river of. It's like going a direction. It's going out of self. It's giving. It's it's. It can never be thwarted. Um, and it only it only desires to overcome evil with good and to to forgive. It bears all things, hopes, rejoices in the truth. It's it's this river going this certain direction. It's 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 a fountain that's wanting to give itself. And then there's this other thing, which is kind of I think the nature of the fall, which is a will turned inward, a, something broken off from that river, and grabbing and seeking and and pulling in and wanting and desiring. Not to give, not to be given, not to spend and be spent for souls, like Paul said. Not to, you know, there's a place where Paul says, I could wish myself accursed from Christ for the sake of um, Israel. But that, that's, that's, not, that's not Paul as Paul saying that, you know. That's, um, that's the one who came and was a curse, became a curse for us. Um, Well, I, what I'm trying to say is, um, self is just the the extinguishing of that. It's the opposite of that, and that's the thing. That's the thing that can separate us from the love of God, and does separate us from the love of God. And that's the thing that we're full of. And that's if we could, if we could realize it. I, that we're like this, I was using this analogy yesterday, I'll bring it up again, but we're like this tube of toothpaste and we're full of self and we're, we're meant to be full of love and they're like light and darkness. They have no possibility of a fellowship with each other any more than you could like I don't know, combine a river that's heading east with one that's heading west, you know, like 
And so in God and his love and his desire, his love to fill us, his desire to fill us with love puts his finger on the very heart of our problem and says that we have to die to self, that we have to lose all, that we have to pick up a cross, that we have to deny our will, that we have to hate father and mother. That we have to, you know, think about Jesus, like when he was asked about what's the most, what's the single most important thing there is? What's the greatest commandment? He says, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law is comprehended in these things. There he is, this kind of messenger from another universe calling us to that. But I, I, if you think about it, it seems to me at least that he, ta- he always testified the truth about that. And yet, what, did he, what were most of Jesus' practical instructions? Uh, how do, Lord Jesus, how do I attain to that love? And, and, and that's when he would say things like, do you want to be perfect? Go sell all and come follow me. Or you can't be my disciple unless you pick up your cross. If you want to buy this pearl, this treasure, you have to sell everything. Because we can't, love isn't like a, we can't just say like, okay, I'm supposed to love God today with all my heart. Like that's, it's not in us. We can't love him. We love, if we ever love, it's because he first loved us. It's, and and the thing that we I think we need to understand and see and feel is that it's everything that is alive in us. It's everything that's already, that our toothpaste tube is packed full of. That's our problem and that's the only thing. Like, I think the love of God, like, is constantly rushing towards and and pulling towards everyone and if 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 he finds a vessel that's like empty and clean in any measure he can't keep himself from from filling that vessel but we are like these vessels that are so so full and so clogged with something else and um That's, I, I, I want to like, for myself and for all of us, what I really want us to kind of like see and feel is that it's worth it to give our lives to this process and this work of salvation. It's not the salvation, it's not this simple false thing that some of us were taught but this lifelong process, this crushing, this breaking, this humbling, this leading out into a wilderness, this um, we can, you know, there's all the scriptures are full of it. We we we're just the ones who've imagined that God wants to give us some kind of like instantaneous something, but um, the the Lord. Like if we could, if we could just kind of, kind of like deeply, deeply understand that, um, what we really need is is to have everything that's in us that's not of Him, everything that's impure in our hearts, washed 
and removed and smushed out of us and crushed out of us and um, a thousand circumstances to come at us, a, a bunch of inward, outward difficulties to, um, to press us and, and um, perplex us and confuse us. And um, I think a lot of us have, have felt a, a lot of um, that, like this feeling of kind of like, man, this journey is hard. Um, and we, we, I think if you're anything like me, we have a little bit of a sense of like, not that, we, I don't feel like we know that much or that far along, but I feel like we have, what I feel about our group is like we have a, a little bit of clarity about which way to head, you know? It's kind of like how I think of us. It's like we have like, we found a compass and maybe even like the, the glass on the compass is still a little smudgy and we're working on cleaning it, but we have a, we got we have a sense of which way to walk, you know, and and yet and yet in kind of giving ourselves to that way and that that way of the cross and the way of inward purification and obedience to His grace and light in our hearts, many of us have found us in these deep, long and dark wildernesses. And not all the time, and there's been there's refreshment and there's encouragement from time to time, but there's a great there's a great amount of like pressure and pain and trouble and we we are taught of the lord that we spent our whole lives numbing ourselves and and protecting ourselves and and trying to do anything but feel that pain and that trouble and so we begin to stop doing that and then sometimes we can kind of feel overwhelmed by it and it's confusing and we think why is it like this and why is it so long and why is it so difficult and i think i guess what i'm trying to say is that it feels like that and it's long and it's difficult because the Lord is, the Lord knows what we need. He knows what we're full of and he knows what it takes to push it out of us. And he's, he's so kind and he's so wise and he understands that our souls are immortal and will be alive forever and ever and ever. And he's never, never once delighted in the pain of his creatures but there's just something kind of inescapable about the fact that it is painful for the tube to have what's in it pushed out of it, you know? And I guess, yeah, the, the, the core thing that's, that I was kind of feeling and hoping to try to communicate is I hope that I hope that we can kind of give give ourselves to this work. Um, the Lord's kind; He never gives us too much. Sometimes it feels a little bit at times like maybe it's too much, but I think we can all testify that He never He, he never he, He's kind in His leadership. Like Jason was talking about the other day about how like He He takes them by like a He takes them around this so that they don't see war right away. He, he knows how to lead His flock. He's very good at that. And yet, he's not going to be fake with us. He's not just going to tell us that everything's great when it's not. He's not going to just settle for anything but love from a pure heart. And it's a if you're if you're like me and you spend a lot of years sowing to the flesh, then there is like a great and painful work of like pushing out of us what was never supposed to be alive in us and the only thing that 
can stop and can hinder us from seeing God and feeling God and knowing love. And um, I just, I, I kind of want to encourage all of us to, to not faint, um, that there, there is this thing that Paul described and others is real, it really is real, it really is what we were created for really is the answer to, um, see, I want to say it's like the answer to all of our problems, but I don't mean it's not the answer to the problems because it just makes the problems go away. But it's the answer to our problems because it, it, it lifts us like above and out of them. And so let's, let's not faint, let's not give up, um, Let's not be discouraged if it seems like uh, the path is long or the wilderness is dry and hard. Just know that um, I think that a little bit of that love, a little bit of what Paul felt will make us feel what the same thing and say, oh, it's light, it's nothing. Even if it's a decade, even if it's two decades, the thing that is aimed at here will, will make all that time seem like nothing and it'll make... It'll make you be able to say, like Paul, like every single thing that I used to count to be gain is, it's like dung, it's rubbish to me in comparison with the surpassing excellence of knowing Christ Jesus. Um, uh, like maybe another way to sort of say it is just like, you know, Jesus is constantly calling us to deny self, and self-denial is like never been a terribly popular thing. Um, like, who likes self-denial? You know, you don't. Giant churches don't gather around that. You know, um, and it's easy to kind of like feel the the difficulty or the burden or the weight of like you feel a little sense of like how deep the cross cuts and how alive and and powerful self is and all these fears rise up in you of not wanting to like like fearing fearing missing out fear fearing losing something fearing we have all these things that like self-denial like raises in us because our life and our treasure and our hope is in self and is in this world and so to be called to like deny that um is unpleasant, you know, to say the least, and scary. But I hope I hope what we can feel a little bit is like that um it's just the Lord as like the the greatest and kindest physician who knows exactly what's wrong with us and knows exactly the shortest and only way to bring like real healing and real truth and real joy and real happiness and real purity and real life. And, and he knows that like self is the one thing that it, it has like, it's the one thing that cast us out of paradise and until it's cast out of us, um, there, there's, we have nothing. And so it's, 
I don't know. It doesn't make it. It doesn't make self denial easy, you know. But if I just trying to kind of like cultivate this heart and this mindset that like the the relentless, the intense call to self denial, the the strength of Jesus's words are are because like he desires to remove from us completely the the thing that stands in the way of our our vessels being full of heavenly eternal love and peace and light and what will fit us for like a um a never ending eternity of enjoying him and so he can he just won't he won't mess around he won't he won't plaster over it. He won't say peace, peace when there is no peace, you know. And so he's the meekest, most gentle lamb. And yet he also, like, purest heavenly love can, like, stand in front of a group of people and say, you brood of vipers, you know. And Because maybe that was the only and the best chance that he could, the, the best way he could reach to them is he's not going to, He's not going to say like, yeah, you guys are doing pretty good, you know, and lock them up in this prison of self for forever, you know. He's going to like put the axe at the root of the tree and say, you're of your father, the devil. And um, well, I don't know, I just kind of like I want I want my own heart to just sort of take courage of this like daily battle to it's hard to deny your will. Like, I hate it. <laughs> And then it's hard to wake up and do it again, you know? And then it's hard to... But I've at least kind of been feeling a little bit more lately that it's just like... And it's just the kindness of God to, to like, set himself absolutely relentlessly opposed to every bit of self wherever it is left in us. And and the big parts, the small parts, the hidden parts, the, the... motivations the thoughts the the deep inward springs of action and feeling and motivation to just like to just kind of like open our hearts as fully and as entirely as we can to him for his light to like judge and purify and condemn and make every single day about kind of like getting up and trying to agree with him in that work we don't have to enjoy it i don't think we ever i don't think the tube ever is going to like getting crushed but to like to, to know that like the love of God is coming to us with an axe at the root of self in us and to um, to kind of like as it were like to, to love the axe and to like say like Lord can I can I set my hand on the handle with you and, and just show you that like as painful and as hard as this is I want I want it Lord and I want to I want to want it and I want to not run from the axe and not um, not flee from the pain and not flee from the cross and um and to kind of like in your heart just like lay your hand next to his hand on the axe and say all right let's chop today lord let's let's cut let's let's purify and then lord if you'll strengthen me let's do it again tomorrow um and then when things come your way when the perplexing and painful situations pile up on you to just say like oh lord smush everything out of me, you know, that except for your pure heavenly or or to make room for your pure and heavenly love, you know, and 
that's that's the perspective that kind of feels like necessary, you know. Um, 